speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Yvette, see me after service. Okay? In the principal's office. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Okay, it's good, okay? No, nothing bad. Amen. We're talking about the signs of the end times. Today, it seems to me, most people are so concerned about making a living. And it seems like not very many people are thinking about heaven or hell. Anymore. And going to church is basically I need to learn how to survive here and be successful. My brothers and sisters, it's more than that. God is not so concerned about what's happening here. He wants you to have a good life. He wants your bills paid. He's your heavenly father. He cares about you. But he cares more about you living with him in heaven forever. I told you in the very beginning of this sermon that Jesus has been, he's been working in heaven, spending over 2,000 years preparing your place, a place for you to live. 2,000 years preparing. And, and let me tell you, all I see in my mind, I used to think he was building mansions. No. He said the mansions are already there. In my father's house are many mansions. They are already there. So what is he doing? Decorating, waiting for you. You're so special, you just don't know it. This is God who created the universe six days, according to the scriptures. He's spending over 2,000 years decorating where you are going to live. And you are not concerned about that. You are more concerned about what's going on here. How you are going to survive. Bible says, let your heart be in the place where you came from. You were born from above. God gave birth to you from heaven. You are a visitor on the earth. You are passing through. Jesus said that in John 17. They are not of this world. You are not of this world. And he cannot lie. If he said it, that's the way it is. If you think differently, that's because you don't understand. You are not of this world. Your citizenship is over there. And he says, let your heart be where your citizenship is. God supplying your needs here while you live on earth from heaven. And you know heaven can never run short. Of anything, God will meet your needs here on earth because you are an ambassador for Him. You are an ambassador for heaven. You represent heaven right here. And so God says, don't invite you, don't allow your heart to go into the things of the world, but stay with it. Because if you don't, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31, it says, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You know, let me say, some, some preachers said this. If you make yourself God's enemy, the fight is on. He'll fight you here, everything you go, everywhere you go, asleep is fighting. 
If you die, he'll wake you up for the fight. The fight continues. It never ends. So we need to prepare, make up our minds to, to the fact that we need to be preparing for heaven. For heaven. Heaven is very important. The Bible tells us very clearly, we are in the last days. So we have scoffers right now. It doesn't matter to them. And Peter tells us this. There are scoffers that will appear in the last days. Things are changing rapidly. All over the world, things are changing. These are clear signs that we are actually coming to the end of the age. And God says, when you see these things, watch. Because the end is so close. It can happen any day. The Bible, Jesus told us, it will be just like the days of Noah. They are eating and drinking and getting married. And all of a sudden, something happens. When it happens, no going back is over. You can't change anything. You just have to wait for the end. What's coming to you and it's not pleasant. So Peter tells us, knowing this, first, Second Peter 3, that scoffers will come in the last days. Walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? We don't see any change. Where, where are the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Well, that's the way you think. But things are changing. Scoffers will come with these last days walking according to their own laws. Look at what's going on today. What, what, why is it wrong for me to live with my girlfriend? We love each other. Without marriage. Well, God says it's wrong. That's what's wrong about it. If that's the way you live, if that's the way you live, when Jesus comes, you may be left behind. Uh, two will be in the field. One is taken, the other one is left. God's going to separate the goats from the sheep. We need to be aware of it. It's not all about what God's going to do for us. It's to keep yourself clean and separated from the world. Today they're telling me there's no big deal. God made a mistake when he made me. He made me female, but I feel like a man. So that's the way it's going to be. I'm going to change that. And everybody says, if you say something against it, then you're a hater. You hate if you say, I don't think that's the way God wants it. We don't hate, we love them. But it's a sign of of the end. When I came to the United States... Christians were still loving gay people and taking them in and ministering to them. Nothing has changed. But they've changed the narrative now. They all they want to know, agree with us. We can get married. And if you agree with us, it's okay. We don't hate them. I, I don't hate a man if he has committed adultery. I want to help him to go back to his wife. But I won't tell him, it's okay. You can keep committing adultery. God's going to teach you a lesson through this adultery. When he's tired, one of these days he'll deliver you from it. No, I say, brother, you need to stop doing that. I love you, but you need to stop doing that. It's the same thing. But today they're saying everything is acceptable. You can do whatever you like. No, the Bible tells us in the last days, people will call evil good and good evil. When you see these things happening, know we are very close to the end. 
Ministers came, it's coming to a point where ministers can't say these things anymore. That it's wrong to do this. It's wrong. I love you, but it's wrong. If you're lying, it's the same thing. Revelation 21 verse 8, it says, All liars, adulterers, all of them, they shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire. And if I truly love you, I shall warn you. If I don't warn you, that's no love. Can you see somebody walking to a cliff and you know he's going to fall, plunge and die? And you say, I love him so much I won't tell him. (laughs) That's silly. If it happens and you tell these cops that you were there and you watched the blind blind man walking down and, and, and you said nothing, they'll handcuff you and put you and they start wondering if you pushed him down. That's the truth. This is the same thing. This is even worse than that. Because in eternity, nothing is going to change. They stay in with the enemy and live with the devil through eternity. (laughs) Uh, Living in hell is one thing. But living with the devil in the same place is not good. There can be nothing good about that. Let me say this. According to the words of Daniel, what's happening in the world? Daniel says in Daniel 12, verse 4, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. They mean they're traveling back and forth. And knowledge shall increase before the end. I said it the other time. I was drive, you know, driving on uh, 1960, and I told my daughter, uh, this Grace, now she's in med- uh, dental school. I told Grace, I said, hey, there used to be a pay phone there. She looked at me and said, Daddy, what is pay phone? <laughs> she had no idea what pay phone. And I said, I'm old. This is terrible. That's the way I felt. You know how many people travel just on flights? Every day, over 8 million around the world. In 2013, it was 3.1 billion people that traveled flying from place to place. The words of God is already fulfilled. We are at the very end. We are at the very end. People are traveling all over the world. I can talk to them. My wife is on her way probably tonight coming back here. It's just one day they are right here. Knowledge has increased. When I used to, when I, in those days when I go to the airport, you can walk to the terminal with your friend until they bought the plane. And you talk, right? And if you want to make a call, you go down and look for the pay phone, right? But these days when you go to the, to the airport, no one is talking to the other fellow. All they're doing, they have their stuff and they're doing this. That's all, that's all they do. Even with my family, they don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> okay? If somebody told me when I arrived here that you will be watching video on your phone, I'll say you lost your mind. Where did you come up with that? You watch TV on your phone. You watch movies. And look, think about how rapidly it's going. How knowledge is increasing. How rapidly it's going today. Ten years ago, I didn't think... I mean, if you have a, tele, a, 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 a computer and you can watch tel, uh, national news, I want to know how you did that, right? 
today is no big deal. Knowledge has increased. The word of God is being fulfilled. That's what I'm saying. And that's to let us know we are very close to the end. And I told you, Israel already, already has their place. That's another sign. God said before the end, he will bring them from everywhere and bring them to their land. You can't get them out. They have the, uh, the, the place where the, the temple used to be. Everything is ready for him to come. It's not a game. It's really real. It's time for people to commit themselves to Christ and make sure you stay there. The Bible is very clear. It's not those, those who just go to church every day. Those who endure till the end. Because there's something that's going to be wanting to pull you out of the church. Satan's lies telling you you're finding hypocrites and hypocrites. And, and he lies all over. Deceiving people so they don't want to go to church. So you can get them to hell. <laughs> If you think there are hypocrites in church, you join and the number is increased. <laughs> because we're all sinners, right? I've often said to people, I don't go to church because I feel very holy. I go to church because I need healing. I need to be healed from my sin. You got cancer, I got cancer, cancer of sin. And I go to church looking to get healed from my cancer. And you have the same cancer that's killing you outside. And you are pointing at me. Look at him. He, he's going to the doctor. And he's not well. He's just like me. But you're dying outside the same. I'm looking for help. How can that be smart? We go to Dr. Jesus the healer. Because we want to live with him forever. If you're not interested, you can stay out, stay out and die with your cancer. I won't heal him. I want to live with him. I want to have life. That's what this is all about. The, the another thing that we should know, Jesus was clear. He says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached around the world. And then the end will come. And so I used to say, well, I don't think the time is closed. Because see, uh, in the Middle East, uh, they, you can't go there and preach. You remember that? All they have to do is get their cell phone, okay? <laughs> and log in to a website. If they want to watch T.D. Jakes in their home, they can watch him. All they have to do, they hear oh, it's all over. The gospel is being preached everywhere right now. Let me tell you, when I used to go home to call back to Angela, I would stand in line, and a lot of people, the pay phone, of course. <laughs> And as I was standing in line for two weeks, I haven't spoken to Angela. And this guy is talking, and I'm waiting for my turn. Maybe about ten of us waiting for turns. And he's talking and talking. He won't get off. And I'm saying, could you just get off the phone so I can talk to my wife? That doesn't happen anymore. That doesn't happen anymore. Things have completely changed. And we are very, very close to the, to the very end. The Muslims are hearing the word. They are calling in. Jim Hossi, a friend of mine, he talks to them all the time. They go online and they chat and they want to know Jesus. They receive Jesus. It's all over the world. The gospel is being preached. That's what Jesus said. When the gospel is preached all over the world, then the end will come. We're very close. We are very close. And I don't want to be left behind. You know, these days we don't talk a lot about it. In my time, 
they talked about it all the time. And I figured it was already near. And I remember there was a kid, a young man named Christopher. We were coming from church at night. And in Africa, we walked through the dark. We called them shortcuts, you know, to get home. And we were walking, Larry, you know about that, through the dark among trees in just a tiny path, going back home. And we had just heard a sermon about Jesus, or a few days, Jesus returning. And one is taken and the other left. And Chris and I, we were on our path home. And it was night, dark. Chris was behind me. Christopher, he was talking to me, and I was ahead because the path so narrow, we can't walk side by side. So he was behind me, and this guy is kind of stubborn, you know. Well, but I, I was talking to him, and he decided he wanted to take another shortcut. <laughs> Without telling me, he took that shortcut. And I was talking to myself, and I turned around, he was gone. And all I was thinking is, two would be in the field. Okay? I needed a cell phone bad that night. But no cell phone. I had to go to my pastor's house to confirm that he's still around. <laughs> You're laughing, but I wasn't laughing. I was sweating. It was very hard for me. And when I found Christopher, I said, you do that to me next time, I'll bury you. I'm telling you, I'll kill you. Don't you ever do that. Don't want to be left behind. We have responsibilities as believers. Responsibilities as Christians. It's like a man going on a far journey, Jesus says. It says in Mark 13, it is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants. We are his servants. He left his house, that's the kingdom of God, the church. He gave authority to his servants. Remember, it tells us in Mark 16, these signs follow those who believe, Right? In my name, they shall cast out devil. If you are a believer, you can do that. If you haven't done that, that's because you, don't, you haven't attempted to do it. You haven't tried. But if you do, it will work because you are a believer. That's the authority he gave to people of, that belong to his house. Let me read the scripture here. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants. All of his servants. All of us have authority over demons. And demonic forces. If you are a Christian, you are a servant of God, a child of God, you got that power in your life. Amen? And to each, each is work. You have work to do in the house of God. Each, every one of us. Even if you just become a Christian today, you know, when you get employed, they're telling you what your responsibilities are from day one, right? And they expect you to do it the next day. That's what happens here. God, Jesus gives you your responsibility. Not only that, he gives you the authority to work out your responsibilities in his house. So he tells us that. And commanded the doorkeeper to watch. You know who that is? The Holy Spirit. He is the doorkeeper. Nothing evil comes in. So we are free to do what God has called us to do. 
he is the doorkeeper. It's Jesus said, watch therefore. For you do not know when the master of the house is coming. So what is this saying? You get responsibilities. You need to be carrying out your responsibility. Don't hang down. Don't hang back. Because he's coming back. And he's going to question you about your responsibility. And if you are not tied to your responsibility, he will come and you won't even know it. It's not just about going to church. It's about getting involved in what God is doing in the church. That's what this is all about. It's one thing to go to church, but it's another thing for you to be involved. I never thought I would be a pastor. I wanted to be a member. I love being a member. Yeah. I I could care less about pastor. I have to listen to his words on Sunday. I have my own Christian life. I'm witnessing and all of that. I was working in the kingdom. I knew God had employed me. And not to be a pastor, at least at that time. But I knew I had my responsibility. And you have your authority. In, in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemies. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Was he talking to just those disciples? All of us. He was talking to every one of us. You have your responsibility. So he says to watch because you don't know when the master will come. And it's good if he finds you doing what he gave, for you to, gave you to do. That's how you are connected with him. That's our responsibility. So we need to be there doing the work. He says, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. You find that in, you find that in Luke 19. Occupy till I come. Live your life to please him. Not to please man. <laughs> I found that not only as a pastor, they like you today and they hate you tomorrow. Yeah. You are the best guy they've met today. You just wait. Don't rejoice too hard, okay? <laughs> because a few days later, they've never seen anybody as terrible as you are. Don't let your feelings be hurt. That's life, okay? Just keep going, loving everybody. That's just the way it is. So live your life to please him. It says, it says in Titus 2, 11 through 13, this is very important. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So what is the grace of God doing? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. Christians are supposed to be sober. Not drunken. Sober. Grave. Because we know we're going back to Him. And God, we're going back to God. He says the grace of God. And a lot of people talk about grace. I heard people, somebody telling me, a few preachers gathered together. And Michael, you hear, you heard that too. Few preachers get together and they smoke and they drink with their Bible open and they are studying the Bible, drinking and smoking. And they are Christians. They're telling me that this is what's happening. So, good luck. You see just black and white, no gray area. That's who you are. They don't like that. They want the preachers that will smoke and drink and study the Bible at the same time. Well, I said, I don't know anybody like that. I don't, not preachers. And I don't even know Christians that do that. We have to be sober. 
Can you imagine if Jesus was like that? How could he have gone to the cross? And he is our example. If he was that loose in his living, how could he have died for our sins? He went ahead for us and we are. He was, he was the light of the world. And now he says we are the light of the world. How can you be a light like him when you're doing things that he never did? This, that's why we need to be sober. We must live soberly in this present age. Righteously, godly in this present age. Look at why he says that. Looking, verse 13, for the blessed hope. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. Amen? We're looking for him. And because we're looking for him, we have to be sober. We're looking for him. Now, First John, John tells us about us, who, those who are sober. First John chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 3. Beloved, we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when, we, when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. He's talking about Jesus is coming when we see him first, okay? We'll be like him. And then we talked about hope. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. If you have this hope, looking for the blessed hope, right? That's what Titus tells Looking for the blessed hope. If you have this hope, purify yourself. Who is to purify you? Whose responsibility is that? You. How do you do that? Through the word of God. Through being where you are this morning. Gathering together because iron sharpens iron. We need to understand that. Peter tells us, and I'm closing. I need to go real fast. Peter tells us to be so sober. He says, scoffers will come. And they'll scoff at things. But we need to be sober, waiting for God to return in his time. Luke 21, verse 34, take heed. He tells us, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering, that means partying. Don't get your heart overcharged with that. And drunkenness and cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. All of these things will distract you. Why am I saying these things? It's very important that we keep things in focus. It's not just about going to church. I have to serve God, right? It's silly going to church most of your life and you didn't make it. Let me say something to you. Everything that you've done on this earth, you may forget. I mean, everything you, you have here will be gone. Your body, you'll leave it behind. But there's one thing that will always be with you and going to be even better. Your memory. You remember everything. <laughs> You'll be so good at remembering even the words that I'm saying this morning you remember. When the day of judgment comes. Because how else will God judge you if you don't remember what happened? How would you remember? 
How is he going to judge you? You say, well, God, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> no, you'll remember. Every single thing you've done, you'll remember. Because you see yourself there. That's, I did that. I have no choice. That's me. And so, if you don't make it, in hell, you still remember that you had an opportunity and you didn't make it. It's, that, will haunt, that will even be worse than the fire. Because I had a chance. If you had no chance, no big deal. But when you had a chance and you know you could have made it, and you didn't make it because you were selfish, you wanted your own way, uh, you remember that and that will haunt you all through eternity. And there's no getting out of it. I don't want to be there that way. That's why I'm doing what we're doing. I don't want to go that way. This is a serious message. God is calling us to soberness. Let me say these scriptures here. John 12, beginning from verse 35. Jesus said, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, which is today, believe in the light. Because the time is going to come, there is no opportunity for that. While you have the light, believe in the light. This is not a popular message, but see, my goal, because I'm going to, I'm, I have to answer to God when it's all over. I'm not going to say, well, God, I'm a pastor, so you should. No, it doesn't work that way. What did you do with the word? And I want, I'm going to see every one of you in heaven. Can I hear an amen? amen. Every single one of you must, will go to heaven. But faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And we have to talk about everything that's important from the word of God. Amen? Amen. It's very important. Jesus said, while you have the light. This is the time. Believe in the light. That you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed. This was very close to the time of his death. He was on his way to the cross. And he's telling us, you need to do this. Some of us need to make that decision this morning. And please don't make it lightly. Make it with all of your heart. Give everything to God. He'll take over your heart. When I was, when I was receiving Christ, I had so many things in my life that I knew were bad. And I said to myself, if I receive God... Most likely I'll go right back. I don't have the strength to do this. But I committed my life to him. And he changed my life. I didn't want to go back to those things. I didn't want to go back. I stopped just like that. It was all gone. Today you can listen to all of that stuff. But one of the things I was struggling with. is I didn't have to listen to James Brown anymore. (laughs) Okay. Because that was the, way, the message they were preaching. And I'm saying, oh my God. I mean, you can't listen to James Brown. This, this, this thing is difficult. But God helped me through. Amen? He helped me through. I feel good, but I just put that away. Okay? <laughs> but you got to give it all to the Lord. Amen? And the final thing I want to say is, don't neglect church going. 
It's very important. A lot of people have taken it. That's, this, that's the sign of the age. I, I have never been that way. Don't want to be that way. Ask God, please help me not to be that way. Because once you find yourself there, you are addicted to it, you keep doing it, you may miss it. There were ten virgins. Ten virgins. Five were foolish. All they didn't have was lamb. Oil in their lamp. That's all. This is very serious. Don't neglect church going. If, even when I'm on vacation, my mind is there. I want to go. I don't care who the pastor is. I just want to be with my brothers. Bible says, as you see the days approaching, love fervently your Christian brothers and sisters. And that's me. I want to love. I don't want any bitter feelings against anybody, no matter what you've done. I got to get rid of it. I have to love fervently. That's what Peter told us. It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Tell me what God's doing in your life. So I said, my God, I want that also. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but as exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That day is coming close. Even when you're tired, I've been there. I've been a member. I tell if you're close to me, I'll let you know. I, in my mind, I'm still a member. I've been a member longer than I've been a pastor. So I think like members. But as a member, I'm going to church. I'm happier when I get out of church. I don't know why. There's only one time I stayed in a church and I decided I'm not going to stay here. Because the only difference was I go to church, my usual self, after church I'm as happy. I'm just joyful. If you ask me why, I can tell you why. But I went to church a few times in this church, and I felt bad every time. And uh, I left the church and went to some other church. And that was the only time I became a Methodist. <laughs> I went to a Methodist church because the pastor, Terry Tickle, the, 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 the chaplain for uh, KSBJ, he talked in tongues and preached it. So I went there and I felt really good. I joined you. I will be a Methodist. Amen. I stayed with that. That's what happens. You go to God's house and he, he, the joy, even if you don't remember what happens, there is that joy. In this presence is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. Amen. Don't forsake going to church. That's very important because that's how God will reach you. Stand up with me this morning. I, I uh, was saying the blood of Jesus is alive. The blood of Jesus lives. The blood of Jesus is a living thing. It's a living being. And he's still alive today. He poured out his life for us. He left his life here. That power, cleansing power, he left it on the earth for us. And the blood is still cleansing today. The blood still speaks better things for you than the blood of Abel. The blood is here. And the blood cleanses. For every one of you that will want to commit your life totally to God. No games. No games. It's not about going to church. Even though I just told you come to church and worship so that you can grow. But 
No games. Be sincere with your service for God. I have to be. Give everything to Him. All heads bow this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, Look, Pastor, I have not really totally given my life to the Lord Jesus. I want to do that this morning. This is the best time. The Bible says, while it is called today, today is the best time. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 2 says, Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. You can call on God today. God says, when you call, I will answer. How many want God to answer when you call? Why don't you call on him today? All heads bow, all heads bow, and eyes closed. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I want to commit my life. No shame. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. So there is no shame. I'm, I'm proud to follow Christ. And if that's you this morning, at the count of three, please raise your hand and say, Jesus, I'm surrendering my life totally to you. No more games. If that's you, one, two, three, put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's very important. Make sure all God wants from you is for you to be sincere in your heart. He'll take you up every time. He's been waiting for that very time when you say, yes, God, I'm ready for you. Take over my life. You'll still be your life. But he'll be guiding you and, and leading you to the paths of righteousness so that you are blessed. Would you all say the prayer with me? Lord God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Today, I accept the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into my life. Lord Jesus, be my Savior forever. Enable me to serve God in wisdom and righteousness all the days of my life. I commit my life to you. I believe what I've committed to you, you are able to keep until that day. In Jesus' name, thank you for receiving me. Amen. Put your hands together. Give him a clap person. Amen. It's important 